a little more practical about it. Um, you've, got, you've got chapters on, uh, the four chapters are fear, fear, submission, uh, fear, submission, sentness, and doing something. And so that first, that first chapter uh, is, about, is about fear. And so, and so I want to ask a question, I want to ask a question to us as, as, we, as we think through our engagement with this book and also our engagement in this, in this church with the community that we're engaging with. What, what are your fears? <coughs> just going to start, just going to start easy. What are your, what are your fears? <laughs> Who the heck are these people and what do they want from me? <laughs> what Who the heck are these people and what do they want from me? <laughs> just, in, saying, in saying that, what are you... Are, or, or what are you? What are you afraid of, John? Um, well, rejection. Rejection. It's the epidemic's fruit. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 I think, I think too, along with that, not being able to relate. Because mm -hmm. their their life story is not my life story mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What other fears? What other fears might we have? We got fear of rejection, fear of not uh, not being able to relate. Other kinds of fears might we have? Using time wisely. What do you oh, 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 what do you mean by that? Well, the most valuable thing I have is time, mm -hmm. and I think probably most others maybe think differently. So, doing things that are useful in the time that we're whatever it is, any day, but whatever it's related to this. Mm -hmm. Is it just frittering away time or productive time? Mm -hmm. Resources in general, that the, that the resources that we're using, that we're using them, that we're using them wisely. Yeah, that could be a fear. What else might be a fear about? Being assaulted. Okay. Yes. <laughs> just safety. That, that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a legitimate. That's a legitimate fear. You shouldn't be laughing at. No, I mean it's a it's a legitimate it's a legitimate fear. This is this is something that um, I mean this is something that I mean it comes up I mean it comes up in the book but it comes up uh, in any kinds of discussions. I mean you, you think of I mean lives I mean lives are lives are at stake. So there's a fear. There may be a fear that okay well maybe I'm you know maybe I'm placing myself in physical danger. So there's 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 fear there. We're just laying out fears. What else What else might we be afraid? Confrontation. Okay. What kind of what kind of what kind of confrontation? Someone being upset at me, or even like trying to discuss deeper things with them, like, hmm. which I guess kind of goes along with what John said. Introduces this introduces this chapter. He he 
he focuses in on fear of rejection and fear of not being able to and fear of, and fear of not being able to relate. And the direction that he goes, the direction that he goes with that is is interesting because he goes back to uh, if you. If you remember, he goes, he, he goes back to a talk that he heard a pastor give uh, in 2007. And this pastor asked the question, are your covenant community members sharing the story of the faith in their relationships? And this is, this is page 103. And he says that he thought of a few members uh, in his congregation who that, who, who that might describe. And then, the, and then the next question was, what percentage of your covenant community believes that telling these stories is tied to their mission for Christ. And that that question kind of uh, that that question kind of kind of floored him. Because that question is asking something a little bit different. Whether you believe that your story of co- that that your that that your that your story of Christ saving you, whether that's tied to not only the mission that we've been that we've been commanded to carry out, but that how does how does what Christ has done link to a link to our mission? And this and this then leads leads him into a discussion of what of 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 courage, of the courage necessary to do this kind of work. But one of the things that I that 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 I think that I think he plays up especially uh, especially in this chapter. Well, actually, I'll, I'll ask the question. Um, how do we how do we deal with that? How, how, how do we deal with that fear? The fear of rejection, the fear of, of, of not being able to relate, the fear of um, I mean fear for say physical safety, fear fear of uh, being misunderstood. What how how does if you if, if you if you remember from the chapter, how does how does how does Douglas encourage, encourage us to deal with that with that fear? From a personal experience, um, I remember when I first went into Stella Maxi, mm-hmm. uh, and I think I, I told a little bit about that how I was not accepted, and how mm-hmm. I was African American, and I thought I would be because most of the people were African American, yeah. but I was not accepted, and how I felt rejected. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about how does our story, you know, my story is what caused me to relate with those people. Because I was so frustrated at first until I began to really ask the Lord, so what, how do I reach these people? What is it that I do? He said, tell your story. Well, I had been a single mom, you know, and God had saved me and delivered me from a lifestyle. And so I was able to share that with the moms. And most of them looked at me and had never, never thought that I had lived that life. You know, they were like, you? I was like, yeah, yeah, single mom. You know, high school mom, teenage mom, you know, but how God changed me and delivered me. And if he did it for me, he could do the same thing for you. So it was my story that caused them to relate to me and to begin to trust me and build the relationship that I needed to do the ministry that God called me to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But to me, story is like the least difficult way to enter in. Mm-hmm. You know, because it makes you real. Yeah. You know, yeah. I used to spend a lot of time in a church office one time, and the secretary wasn't a Christian. One day she showed up at church, and I was like, hey, how are you doing? How, you know, and she says, well, I came to church today because I used to think you had to be perfect mm-hmm. to go to church, and then I met you. <laughs> <laughs> salvation is a mundane story all of god's work of salvation is is miraculous every single every single narrative of god saving whether it's 
you, you know, whether it's you grew up in a Christian home, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, whether it's, you know, God pulled you out of a life of prostitution, whatever. It's all of this is a transferring that God, that God has done, transferring you out of, out of the kingdom of darkness into the, uh, into the kingdom of his son. And so, and so we, so we want to, um, uh, this is this this will this comes in uh, in a uh, in a later chapter, but that's that's what we want to kind of drive the holy urgency with which we engage the people around us. That this is that this is the work this is the work of God that we're it's a train that we're on that we we oh, we, we we want to continue to experience the joy of seeing others come to Christ. That's what fundamentally. So in asking the question of what is it that drives out what is it that drives out these. This, this fear. Uh, it's a particular kind of love that drives out this fear. It's the fact that we, it, it, it's the fact that if we're going to, if we're going to plant this church, it has to be because we love this community. It has to be because these are people that we love. Because otherwise, we're going to allow these fears to keep us from, ha- to keep us from having the conversations that lead to life. And so, and so one of the, and, 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 so, so, so one of the things that, so one of the things that we have to, that we have to then ask ourselves, um, are, I, I mean, one of the, I mean, one of the things that we have to ask ourselves is, um, is, is do we, is do we love this community? Straight up. Because if we don't, we can't do this. Like if we, if we don't, we can't do this work. And so, uh, and so he says, uh, this is in, uh, this is, uh, page 108, but he says, he says that when we look at when we look at these fears, these fears are real. We all we all we all have we all have you know a mixture of these fears. And he says, <laughs> we must repent of our fear, and by God's grace begin walking in faith. And so acknowledge. So as as we as we do with our as we do with our sin, as the Holy Spirit reveals to us our sin, we have to acknowledge that these fears are there. Acknowledge that this is real. But also recognize that if I'm going to if I'm going to show if I'm going to show my love to my to, to not only to my brothers and sisters but to my but to my neighbors, that fear is going to be that fear is going to be an obstacle to that to that to that love. And so, Lord, Lord, work this fear out of me. Help me to help me to act out of love as opposed to out of fear. There's a. Um, he also talks about um, the difference between uh, being attractional and missional. Does anybody remember remember what that uh, what that distinction is? Before we ask whether which one we should be, if we have to choose one. Well, he talks about missional disciples and about. Um, about about us going out through the power of the Holy Spirit. To me, though, the way I would describe it is that when you begin to see God work in somebody's life through some simple things that you said or did, sometimes it's really simple. Um, it's just powerful to you. You actually see God working in your life. It's almost like when Paul was walking along and or Peter, and he, he saw somebody that was begging, he said, I don't have any money to give you, but by what I can give you, get up and walk. And a miracle happened right in front of everybody's eyes. That was powerful. But when you see people coming to Christ, and it's a genuine conversion, and then they bring their friends and say, do that again. And it just is addictive to see God work in your midst. And you, be, and you begin to believe. And see, that's that. I think what happens as we mature in our faith, and we lose that because we forget how much God has worked in our own life. But when we see it happening in others' lives, and it keeps happening, that's called a revival. That's called, and it's just it changes your whole perspective. Now there's the fear isn't there. There's an excitement, and you overcome that fear, even though those things can be real. I mean, no. you know that. That thing that I, I got assaulted in Detroit, I really did, and that was my greatest fear was literally being assaulted. And I thought one night I'd be in some black alley and some guy would just jump me in. <coughs> but what happened? I was literally in the middle of the day, and a guy just walked up to me and tried to kick me. And it wasn't that big of a deal, but 
you know, you know, it's like, what is this? <laughs> but we had spent all day witnessing, literally door to door, and it was such a frust. But the very last door we knocked on, as I asked somebody, you know, I presented the gospel, and and, and I was just completely unbelieving. I was just in automatic mode, <laughs> and and the woman just said, well. Of course I would want that. Who wouldn't want that? <laughs> she took the Christ, just like, like that. You know, after a terrible day of sweat and threats and who knows what else, you know, and, and forget about, you know, the other issues that you have somebody, who, and it was a real, genuine conversion. You know, it was, it was so exciting. And, and you just see that. And you want to see it again. And you want to see it again. And... And you desire it, and then you believe it, and it changes your whole perspective. Yeah, and that can happen to you. Yeah, I mean that's the that yeah that's the that's the heart that's that's the heart that we that that that's the heart that we want to be able to cultivate. Um, a heart that recognizes that the harvest that the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are 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 few. Um, that. That that plentiful that plentiful harvest is what is, is what we want to keep over our eyes at all at, at all times. Uh, this recognition that like God God is God is God is working and His work is is amazing. Um, and this is an opportunity and this is an opportunity that we have to get on to get on board. Um, any other thoughts about fear though? Yeah. Peterson, well-known psychologist, my favorite. Um, he talked about overcoming fear, and he says that from a psychologist's viewpoint, you don't um, become less fearful, you become more courageous. Mm-hmm. And so the idea isn't, oh, I'm going to be not fear that anymore. No, you're still going to fear it. Uh, but you become more courageous. And I think it's what Christ enables us, us to do, right, is to have that courage, even in spite of. And we jump off. Yeah, because I, I agree we should repent of it, but sometimes you're shaking. Oh, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, the thing is, and this is, and this is also the nature of our, uh, I mean, our struggle with sin and our struggle with fear are similar in the sense that their presence may never go away, even as we continue to repent of it. Um, the, the, the way that we, um, but, that still, but that still does affect, I mean, the Holy Spirit still does shape the way that we, the way that we walk, even in the face, even in the face of it. Um, and so, yeah, so that, I mean, none of that is a promise that the fear is ever going to go away. The fear is it's still going to, it's still going to, it's still going to creep up. But, um, but the question is, is, are we going to let the image of our fears kind of command our action or what Christ, or, 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 or what Christ has not really told us to do, but equipped us to do? Are we going to, is that, is that going to be what's going to, what's going to actually drive us? I think I think what helps me deal with that fear on a daily basis is um, 
not so much my love for people or yeah. even my love for God, but it's his love for me. Absolutely. Right? The love of Christ constrains me, compels me, because we're convinced that when that before all that, you died for all the those yep. dads should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them, right? This idea that right, there's two ways to look at that love for Christ. We've been talking about the one that Christ loves all and does, but the other way is that Christ loves me, yeah. his love for me compels me, right? Yeah. So it's God, I don't want to do this, but you love me, and because you love me first, I love you, and my love is shown in obedience to you. You know, and I know others need him. I, I know you love them like you love me, and the only way to extend that is through the mission of yeah. the church, right? So yeah. that love kind of goes both ways, both inward and outward, right? So, yeah, and it plays in the way that we tell our, I mean, it plays in the way that we tell our stories, because this is not just a, it's like it's not a story about me, it's a story about, it's a story about God, yeah. is what it is. Because like I didn't, I didn't save, I didn't save me. That's for sure. Um, it's 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 a it, it's a it's a story that brings glory to the God that you know, the God that you know saved you. Um, and so that's so 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 possibly even a even a preliminary step before we even get to the point of. Um, although I mean you know part part of this happens in the practice of of sharing your story, but what but. But you've, got, but you've got to be at the point where you recognize that, that the narrative of your salvation is a narrative of God's work. Like, fundamentally. Like, fun, regardless of how God did it, yeah. the recognition that God, that God is the one who's the center of that story, that's our starting point. Um, and, and that's going to, because, because that's gonna, that, that also strikes people in a different way than just, hey, look, I'm awesome. This is... Well, I'm awesome. Yeah. No, like God's awesome. That's what that's what the sharing of the gospel fundamentally is. Is us just telling people how awesome God is. Yeah. Um and so uh you know that's that's just one of those that's one of those things that whatever um in these moments in these in these in these moments of fear we remember that that God is that God is more powerful than our fear. Um I was yeah, go 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 ahead, please. I think our theology can really help us with fear because we are we believe that God is completely in control and mm-hmm. that He does the work, and we're just you know participating in what He's doing. So that takes a lot of the pressure off of us. You know, yeah. we just we're just participating in the work that He's doing and seeing what it is that He does. Mm-hmm. And if the, our fears are realized. The worst thing that could happen to us is um, to go do a crime. I mean, that would be the worst. Worst thing, thing we can do is die. To go do a <laughs> yeah. Straight up, like that's like that's act. Yeah, yeah. It's, yes. Get straight yeah. to heaven. Yeah. Worst thing. No, I mean, yeah. well, I mean, but but there's also the recognition that like, yeah, like, the, it, it is the worst thing that could happen to us is that is that we can die. Um, and one of the things that I do think that this is actually one of the things that Scripture equips us for is to recognize that death is a Death can happen at any time, for any reason. On the way to death, how are we going to how are we going to treat this life that we've been given? Do we recognize that the fact that 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 this that this gospel is a life and like this gospel is a life and death thing for everyone that we come into contact to? This gospel is a life and death thing. This is not just a thing that we just we can just hold kind of loosely and just be like, yeah, yeah, yeah gospel is great. No, like this is a life and death thing. So, and I think something that, like, I kind of realized in college was, like, the people can't argue against your story versus they can argue against scripture. And just, like, I think I had a lot of friends that, like, were taught the eight phrases to say to someone to spread the gospel, but there was no, like, you know, there was no, like, person-to-person contact. It was, like, you're here and you should be here. And it was just, like, I'm like, that's great, but, like, what's, like, how's those conversations going? Or, like, what are you saying about... Like, that's not how you live your life. Not that they want Christians, but I'm like, are you living your life in, like, those eight sentences or those eight verses? And I think when I talk to people who aren't believers, like, those always things in the Bible or in Scripture that people are ready if they don't know Christ to be like, well, what about this or what about that? And yeah. it's like, the one thing I've noticed is, like, if I'm sharing my story of how Christ redeemed my life, like, there's no, like, error of, like, well, I don't think he did that. And I could be like, no, like, legitimately he did. And so, like, you can no longer... And I think it just, like, eliminates, like... Yeah. I think a lot of people who maybe, like, don't 
have the apologetics like underneath the belt because like I feel like I've studied scripture like off and on well sure. and it's yeah. just like I still like like I think part of my love for it is I don't have the answers but like that's because like I followed Christ for a while and I've like submitted the fact that like some of these verses are probably always going to kind of annoy me you know like, <laughs> and like I think he's fine with it because he's told me well cool and so it's just like that idea of like eliminating that like, from a new believer, too, is, like, taking the burden off of them and being, like, we're not going to, like, debate the creation story right now. Or we're not going to tackle Revelation because, like, <laughs> you heard that said to you as a child, but, sure. like, my life changes will, and, like, I believe the same for you. And I think that that's what, like, pulls people out of it and, like, makes those, can like, connection points. And I think it's C.S. Lewis that says that, like, friendship is formed by the, like, saying me, too. Like, oh, that happened to you, too. Or, like, you went through, too, or whatever. And I think we have a lot more in common with our neighbors who are different than us. And I know, like, just even being in the classroom and having to go against a ton of stereotypes, like, it was usually when I said something about my personal life that was really vulnerable that they were like, wait, really? Like, that happened to you when you were growing up? Or, like, this happened? And I was like, yeah, like, you can overcome this too. Like, I had to put myself, like, whatever it was. And I think it just, like, broke down, like, the, you know, this type of human versus that type of human. And I think... We just have to practice, like, obviously vulnerability with, like, each other and being in tune with our story to, like, know when to use examples and know, like, and I think that we just don't do that in the church in general. Like, I know that we've talked about it here, but, like, yeah. I have friends who I'm like, what's your testimony? And they're like, oh, I didn't know Christ, then I knew him. And I'm like, but, like, that's, <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's testimony. But I'm like, knowing, like, the depravity that you came for is what's going to allow you to communicate to someone else. And, like, or just knowing, like, this sin you've experienced and like I think it takes a lot of like self-exploration and like not to like dog on like the more traditional like evangelism but like for me I'm like that's like not giving someone to cling to as as much and maybe that's like wrong theologically but I know that like I sometimes like when I've been the most doubtful it's like okay well I know they changed my friend's life or I know they changed that person's life and like sometimes it's hard to relate to Paul or it's hard to relate to David you know, like, the people who murdered and, like, killed people, but it's, like, no, like, my friend was going through something similar, and, like, she still believes, and so I think just, like, putting it in someone's, like, sphere of influence of, like, I'm a little person, I'm a human being, you can see me, and you know me, and this is how, like, God has, God has changed, and so when he said that, I was, like, yeah, but the church just doesn't even allow for, like, the, the thought process, I think, to do that. Well, but, but actually, I think that you make a really important point because if you think about it, our doctrine is really <clears throat> a synthesis of a historical narrative. Christ's coming of God incarnate in the world. That's a historical narrative. And that historical narrative is a story. And we have our stories. And when we start, and I, I'm probably more guilty than anyone else of doing the doctrine first, and it's not me, it's not who I am. And when we share who we are, and we are who we are, and we're real about it, in you know, all our frailties, including our fears, then people see who we are, and they see who Christ is. Right? And I'm not saying doctrine isn't important, but I'm saying that that's not how you reach people, starting with doctrine. You start with the historical narrative. And that includes your own personal life. And then, of course, as we, we, we are going to have a number of resources for people to be able to answer those multiple questions that people have. Yes. Because people have, a lot of, people have a lot of questions. The fact is, we've got you know, more than 2,000 years of material of people asking very similar questions. Uh, that's me as the, as the church history guy. That's, 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 my, that's my thing that I, harp, that I harp on, is the fact that like, most of the questions that people are asking are not, are not new questions. Um, we've had a lot of time to ask questions. <laughs> and a lot of and a lot of people have, have, have really spent a lot of time wrestling wrestling. Um, but I think that no, real quickly, yeah, yeah, yeah. just to uh, stay on track with our strategy, I mean, though, but Acts twenty nine, which I see you booklet from, uh, no, right here in front of you, says Acts twenty nine. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, is is disciples making disciples? So the discussion we had sometimes focuses on the kind of transactional approach, if you will. Actually, nine is all about discipleship. So you are doing both, right? You're in a relationship, discipling week by week by week, where they know your story and you're sharing scripture 
and so it's probably much longer than that, you know, short time on your beer. Oh, oh, we're gonna get there. That's yeah. part of that's part of uh, that's part of the chapter, uh, our third chapter eleven on uh, on sentness. Talks specifically about the relationship between sanctification and 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 missional living, as he said. Um, but those two things are working. Those two things are constantly working together as we're. Um, as as we are as we're living the life, I mean, as we're living the life of the church together, we're also learning how to uh, not 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 only how to love one another, but also how to but also how to share our stories. Um, and and as the Holy Spirit continues to shape us into the in, 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 in the image of Christ, that love grows, that 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 wisdom grows, all of those things, all those things take place. Chapter ten is on uh, submission. Um. What's that? What does that? What does that mean? What, what does that? What does that mean? With reference to this, to this chapter, what's he? What's he talking about submission to? If you remember, we'll spend less time with this because we've done, we've done, we've actually done a lot of this conversation already. I promise I did read this book, but I, I forget. <laughs> is it submission to the Great Commission, like submission to being a part of the Great Commission, and that all mm-hmm. believers are called to the Great Commission? Yeah. So like it's not like a special calling for yeah. special ministry people. Mm-hmm. It's a calling to all believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big. That's a. That's a. That's a. That's a big part of it. That is that it manifests itself in um, in a holy urgency. That's what he says. Um, that the church has to re- has to remember and be motivated by the desperate need of a world without Christ. A world that thirsts for the hope of the gospel, um, and so it so it so it just reminds us that 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 this applies to kind of every aspect every aspect of our life. And there's an, and there's an image that he uses. He really likes he, he really likes food food images. I think you guys may have, you guys may have noticed. Um, I I really think it's because like food metaphors are the most easily accessible to anybody. Everybody gets food gets food references. Um, there's a link that he makes between a crockpot approach and a frying pan approach. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What is what's he what's he what's he talking about? What's he talking about there? On a crockpot approach to have success, you're going to take a long what time? Mm-hmm. You're going to be very patient, mm-hmm. and there's lots of things that are happening mm-hmm. uh, along the way. Mm-hmm. Where the frying pan, you throw it all in, and it's like five minutes to have some wonderful outcome. So it's interesting because uh, he says that there there is there's a place where where the crock pot is applicable, and then there's a place where actually the frying pan is more applicable. Yeah. Would you, you you remember what you remember what he says there? In the church would be the frying pan. Yeah. When we're concentrating on specific aspects of prayer and petition and all that, outside is more the crock pot. Yeah. So so the idea is that when we're when 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 we're kind of uh, when we're when we're invi- when we're inviting people into the uh, into the family of God, we uh, we ought we ought to expect that that that, that process is going to be is going to be slow. We ought to expect that there are going to be um, I mean there are going to be barriers that are going to that that might take some time might take some time to come down. Um, but but within but within the church when we when we talk about when we talk about things like praying without ceasing when, when we talk about uh, just like just just pleading with God together for our for our community like that's that's hot. like that's hot like we can, like I can I can afford to be as hot as I am right now with y'all now when <laughs> now when I get out and talk to, and talk to people out, out, outside of the faith coming with this kind of intensity is going to be crazy. Gonna, right right yeah. it'll be a little crazy right and I can do this with y'all because I know y'all we can we can, we can do this um but 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 you know coming I mean coming at people with um, you get you you get what I'm saying, um, and so and so you know this is this is not a um, we're not uh, um, this is a this is a call um, this is this is a call for us to for us to invite for us to for us to invite people into this community, um, which means that we sh- that we show people that this is. That this is something that's actually worthy. That's actually worthy of being invited into. 
that we that we that we ought to be exhibiting a love that then people can see and think, oh, where's that? Where's that love? Where's that love come from? Um, and we have to be we have to be willing to constantly point to Christ, constantly point to Christ for that. That we're constantly relying on the Holy Spirit for that to for that to actually be taking place. There was another submission. Oh, this was the other. The main. This is this is probably what I think is one of the most important things for us to take away from this submission chapter. It's on page one nineteen. The paragraph says this: In a certain sense, there's nothing particularly urban at the heart of urban ministry. Indeed, our efforts will be frustrated whenever we use preconceived cultural expectations as our lens for gospel engagement, rather than using gospel engagement as the lens by which we set our cultural expectations. This is the this is the sentence that I that I think is very important. What matters most is that the church is emotionally engaged in the hurt and darkness of the context in which it finds itself, and that it boldly proclaims the gospel into that context with an agonized, loving heart. And this ought to happen in whatever neighborhood we're in. Because hurt, because hurt and darkness are everywhere. Everywhere that sin is, hurt and darkness are. And so, and so, um, and this is, this is so, so, uh, this is actually one of the things that, um, that I want to encourage us to do in these coming weeks. There are three things that I'm going to encourage us to do over these, over these, over these coming weeks. This is, but this is, but this is one of them. And one of them is to spend time either, 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 either walking around East Waco or researching East Waco or whatever. Find a place where you can see that Satan is at work. And pray particularly against that. Over the course of the week. Because I want us to, I want us to recognize that it be, 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 because part of this, because part of us, part of us being in, I mean, being engaged in this work is, is for us kind of as, as full human beings engaging in this work, which includes, emotion, which includes emotional engagement. And it includes reminding ourselves that these, like I said, these are these are these are people who we love, and Satan's work is to is to is to steal, to kill, and destroy. And Satan is actively, actively trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And so and so, if we're gonna be, um, if we're if we're gonna if we're gonna if we're gonna be a church, we are uh, we are on we are on the train of Christ's salvation, which works. Specifically against Satan's work of stealing, killing, and destroying. And so my, so my, so my, uh, so my encouragement, especially in this coming week, is is to name is to name the work of Satan as such and pray and pray against it as such. It's also just good. This is a good thing to train. It's a good thing to train us to do. Um, yeah. So like looking at my quote, something. And I think I mentioned this before, but like I volunteer and have gone through in my work with the recovery ministry. Yeah. And um, those, this woman who came in once who was talking about grief and just like the way that she encountered grief was just pretty dramatic. Yeah. But um, she said the most radical way she felt she had felt Jesus was our group showing up with her and just sitting with her and like yeah. not doing anything. And so I think sometimes we we see these like church rooms like boldly proclaim the gospel and I think <laughs> sitting with someone can be boldly proclaiming the gospel and I think yeah. just like bringing us back to like gentle and like kind and like slow and steady and owning the right to be heard because yeah. like we had met her once but we were like oh my gosh like you just talked about this and then it happened and all these things and like like we like I don't think we like like we prayed for her but like we won't like oh my gosh like What's going on with you? Like, how yeah. are you coping? Yeah. And I think just, like, there was, like, a lot of trust that had to be built up before we even, like, earned the right to, like, talk about Jesus or, like, bring that, like, up to her because it was, like, that, like, like, yes, that was my forefront and that was part of my prayer, but, like, that wasn't the time, like, to do that. And so I think yeah. just, like, seeing that quote... I just think it's encouraging too because I like I'm always like heck yeah and then I'm like man sometimes that just means letting a student sit in my room during lunch and like not talking to him but just like letting him have a place that he like knows he can come and sit and then hopefully like later down the line I can like have a conversation but like I just think sometimes it's cool how Jesus uses like these big dramatic words and also it's like okay you're swimming upstream so that doesn't necessarily mean you have like 
a big loud voice and you know ten Bible verses to like yell out and so I just think I don't know I just feel like that's an important thing especially like in this record. Kate Bowler. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I can speak. Yeah. I'm sorry, no, I can't. Um, <laughs> I think at the end of the book and the doing something chapter, yeah. he talks about hospitality as being this like yeah, evangelistic right. outreach. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I think. It, I think it's absolutely right. I think hospitality is an um, untapped resource that we have to just love people. He kind of gets some quotes here about hospitality means someone feels at home even in your in your presence. Um, or another one he puts here, uh, hospitality means that, uh, when a stranger can enter and become a friend instead of an enemy. It's hospitality is not to change people. To offer them space where change can take place. Yeah. yeah. I just love that. I, I, I see that all the time when people are hospitable to people and they love them just genuinely. That's when you start to see like people open up for change. One, one aspect of that also is just being available. Just being willing to be available and do that extra mile thing. I, I once had a student, well, a sixth grade student called me up and asked me to pick up her father at the hospital. And the, he had been in the hospital pneumonia and he had other illnesses, but they just literally just dumped him. And he doesn't even remember being picked up, you know, but, but it changed my life and my relationship with him. Uh, it opened up the way that, to where I could share the gospel. And I, I really, that Saturday, I'm like, oh, a student calling me on a Saturday? Are you kidding me? Like, How did you get my number? <laughs> 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 But I, I made that extra effort, and oh my goodness, you know, it really made a huge, sometimes those little tiny things are the things that make the difference. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I really agree with what you said. It seems like being willing to be vulnerable ourselves, not to present ourselves as having it together, um, looking for commonalities and suffering, of life, as well as the glory of the gospel. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, some people you can't talk to. You know, like my mother, when she had cancer, she would not listen. So I decided to preach the gospel anyway. <laughs> Do you know, I mean, that was the best time we had together. was when she felt fully accepted and not like she had to produce something. Sometimes our expectation is that we're good if we bring them to the Lord. You know, look at Mother Teresa. She's just out there helping people. You know, and I'm not saying that it's not that it's not important to be missional. If you're going to have genuine love, then you you need to be willing to give without getting anything back. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that is being missional. I mean, I think what we're talking about here is the whole crock pot frying pan thing. Like, mm-hmm. we should expect ministry out there is going to be slow and low, and sometimes just sitting and listening, and sometimes just sitting and not saying anything. And but that's that takes a long time, you know, that kind of ministry. But I think that in the end yields a deeper result than just getting someone to pray the prayer with you. <laughs> I mean, I've learned over many years. I don't have a lot of faith in that anymore. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Uh, I, I. I mean, it, someone can say pray, say the prayers for you just to get you out of terror. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially so, if you're annoying enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the crockpot approach is probably yield more lasting, deeper fruits in the ministry in the days. Well, it's like, do you trust me here? Okay. How about over here? And over here, are you going to show up? At this time, you know, it, it goes on and on and on. Because some people have never trusted, you know, and are you to be trustworthy in all the ways that you'll be tested is, is living the gospel. Jake, you have something? Yeah, I was just going to say, a, a paradigm that was really helpful for me when we were uh, part of a church plant a few years earlier was um, 
we talked a lot about the example of Jesus in the Gospel of Luke healing the ten lepers mm-hmm. and how he healed all ten of all them, of them yeah. even though one only came back. He didn't take back those healings. There was just the, the fruit of that ministry was the healing, but then also there was more meaningful fruit from that one relational interaction. So you do yeah. good to everybody yeah. and you treat everyone with the love of Christ and you heal and you serve and you pray for everyone regardless of the result and you, you let God do that work. Um, and that was really a, a meaningful way of thinking about ministering to communities for me. Um, That's good. Was looking at that. Mm-hmm. That's good. And then, uh, you know, with that, um, we also have to be assured that um, Christ, did, Christ did that work, and there were also days when a bunch of when a bunch of people came to Jesus to be healed, and he left to pray. <laughs> so like. So there, so even so even there there's the even the, even there we have to be reminded that um, that we that 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 even Jesus didn't heal everybody who came to him. And so even when we even when we do this work, we're not gonna see we may not see everyone experience the positive benefits that we would like everyone to that we would like everyone to see. But that's one of the things that also continues to keep us. That also continues to keep us to keep us humble because it reminds us that this is that this is devo- that this is that this is God's work that we're getting on that we're getting on board with, um, and it reminds us that okay, Jesus also had times when he had to leave to pray to kind of fuel up. Like he he, he used he used the resources that we he used the resources that we that that that, that we need. He used the word. He used his he used his disciples. He right before he went to the or when he went to the garden of Gethsemane, he told his disciples like I need y'all to like stay up and pray with me. Like, stay up, please. <laughs> and they don't. But uh, but 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 he I mean his his temptation in the wilderness. He constantly he constantly refutes Satan with the word. You got the word. You got the you got his disciples. You have the Holy Spirit, and you have prayer. I mean these are. These are all things that also we as Christians have access to, and so, um, and so, and so that's to that's to remind us of our constant need of de- of dependence on the Holy Spirit as we continue to as we continue to do this to do this stuff. That leads us to set setness. It's got these. There are there are five. Um, uh, five M's that that he uses at a at uh, at Epiphany Church. Do you remember what the five what the five M's are of the path of sadness? Those five M's are meet, make, mature, multiply, mobilize. Meet, make, mature, multiply, mobilize. Meet. We're gonna end up doing a lot of that, especially over the course of these next next few next few months of just of just meeting people. Make that there's the, the, that there's this that this when we when we actually when we actually witness these conversions, we're, we're, we start this work of of making disciples. Mature that this is not just a we're not just bringing people in. We're also raising we're also raising people up. Um, and so, and so that means you know we're going to be involved in the work of raising up of raising up leaders. When people come in, we're going to be like, hey, you've got access to these to these to these communities. You've got these skills. You've got these gifts. Like, let's use them for the glory of God. When that happens. There, are, people are going to go out and tell their friends about it, and and and, and we're going to continue to do that work too. Hence the multiplying, and that and and that this will then come come full circle to mobilizing. That will that will constantly be yeah, okay here. Um, that that will that that will be mobilizing one another to do this kind of work. And the last and and one of the one of the points here is that actually the very end when he talks about sanctification. That a lot of people will think that there's this that there's a um, that there's a tension between uh, focusing inward and focusing outward. That you have. Well, you know, this stuff that we do here is the work of sanctification, and stuff that we do going out there, well, that's our missional, that's our missional stuff. No, those those two aren't separate. Those aren't separate things. Uh, what Christ has commanded us to do, um, like even I, uh, 
our, go our going out is actually also part of our sanctification. Like we're going to come into contact at when we when we when we share when we share our stories with people, and when people have their responses and things, those are those are actually things that the Holy Spirit uses to shape us. And so this is this isn't just kind of me going out with something and just kind of hoping you take it. No, like this is this, this is it, it, it's actually something that God that God uses to shape to shape us to shape our hearts. Um, and so that's something. Uh, that's something to keep in mind, too. The last thing I want to say, um, and then we're going to eat. Um, the, last, the last chapter is, 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 is doing something. Um, and, he's got, and he's got a lot. I mean, there's a, there's, there's a lot in there um, about, about what missional living looks like. There are two things that I want us to, that I want us to do um, over the coming weeks. How many of you have worshipped at a black church before? Okay. In the next three weeks, I want us all to go to worship at a black church. I love. I grew up. I grew up in uh, in uh, in predominantly black Baptist churches. Um, it is. We need to, especially especially yeah, for us to be for us to be the kind of church that we want to be. Um, we want to worship with we want to worship with the people of God in the numerous different ways in which the people of God worship. So, sometime within the next three weeks, I want us to do that. Um, the other thing I want us to do is to visit a church plant because there are other churches, there are other churches, there are other actually other church plants around us, um, and it'll be good it'll be good to see uh, an example of how. Other church plants do it because next week we're gonna we're moving into the Bledsoe Miller, so we're moving into we're 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 moving into a new it's a new stage. This is gonna be the space where we're gonna worship, um, and so and so and so part of us getting a feel for that uh, it'll be helpful for us to bring in a bunch of resources as we think through that. So those are two things that have to do with Sundays. The prayer, but the but the but the prayer suggestion that I had earlier that's something for us to do. Uh, over the course of the week, so I want to pray for us. Pray for us. Uh, pray for us, real quick. Uh, oh, yeah. Let me just run through a few of these announcements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With my voice here. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't know where it's at, it's right on the river, 300 North MLK. Uh, we'll meet there same time, four to six um, in the afternoon. We only have five more afternoon meetings, um, so we we'll meet through June. And I think the Second Sunday, or second Sunday in July, because we're taking the first Sunday off because it's Fourth of July weekend, um, and then we'll be going in the mornings after that. Um, and so that's where it's at. Um, do you have any questions on this, real quick, about where we're going next week? There's two parking lots. I think it's easier if you park in the, the furthest away from campus parking lot. It's like the second one. Um, oh, nice little video. That's digitized. Um, we did some of these announcements already. I've sent out some information. On, uh, we're doing the Hood Street Kids Club. Um, we were going to do it June 15th. We moved it back to June 22nd because June 15th is Juneteenth Parade, which is something we want to all kind of show up for. It's another way for us to, to love the community and uh, be a part of it. Um, keep going. Uh, all that information right there. There's the parade. Um, Candace is all over this back to school bash. Uh, she couldn't be here today, her son had an allergy issue. Um, but she's on fire. She's getting so many people and uh, people to donate and be a part of it. Um, some of you guys as well. In the park, yeah. Uh, in, in the park. In the park, yeah. Yeah, that's so how will be at the end of the year. Um, also, uh, due to a uh, one of uh, generous donation from one of you, we are now all gonna have uh, t-shirts uh, some Mosaic Waco t-shirts, and we'll have three colors you can choose from. Uh, your first shirt is on us if you'd like to purchase additional shirts. You may do so. Uh, if you can't see on the back, you go one more slide over. It just says that the adore Christ, apply the gospel, and act with mercy and justice. What does that mean? Hit over for me. Um, again, we're adoring Christ in worship at the Bledsoe. We are applying the gospel um, in small groups. 
So men's and women's, we're actually meeting this week. Uh, Shirley and Missy are going to be leading the women's small group. If you guys are interested in that, uh, when we're having dinner, please talk to them. We're going to find out going to be good times that work with everyone. Um, Malcolm and uh, I think some others are going to be helping lead. Uh, Josiah are going to help lead uh, the men's small group. We're going to try to find times for that that work for everybody. Um, Act with mercy and justice. This is the things that we're talking about. We've been just been talking about. Um, so working with the schools, working with Restoration Haven, Hood Street Kids Club, Spanish Bible Studies, there'll be something like going on uh, this fall. Um, and then prayer groups, doing prayer walks around the city. Um, anything else? Keep going. Oh yeah, this is important. Um, I want to get coffee with you. If you don't like coffee, let's do something besides that. Um, but I think coffee is from Jesus himself. <laughs> Clearly, he said, let there be coffee. Um, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Uh, so I would love to treat you to fine coffee. Um, but I'd love to get coffee with you and do uh, kind of a one-on-one with you or one-on-two with a couple. Um, we've been doing 14 weeks of kind of like, who is Mosaic? What are we about? Um, we want to get meet with you. I'm going to hand each of you that one of these uh, launch team uh, kind of um, packets. It goes through what's our vision, what's our values, uh, what are our beliefs, and then there's uh, three things we're asking you to commit to to be a part of it, just like you be part of a family, you, you do family chores, uh, be a part of the, the launch team, be part of the church, um, the, I mean, three T's of being time, talent, and treasure, um, but your time is really important as a, as a launch team. Um, again, as I said earlier, thank you for coming. Um, when people, uh, when, when people are, are gone on a Sunday, we, we miss your presence. If we were uh, a 3,000-member church, we may not have missed your presence. Um, we're not yet there. <laughs> we're on the way. For about three months. Okay? <laughs> 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 we will never Because <laughs> we, we were about church planting, so we'll always be planting and sending people away. So that's, that's anyways. Um, so let's find a time. I'm going to uh, hand, put these on uh, the counter here. Make sure you grab one before you leave. Um, and if you uh, are saying, yeah, we do want to be a part of this, uh, let's, we'll find time to talk. I mean, you can, if you have questions and still have questions like, well, what do you believe about this? Or what's the, what, what is it, how do we do communion? Um, I think they've already answered that, but um, things like that. Um, let's see, any other slides? Uh, this one's not as important, but right now we have Mosaic Kids. We we want we right now we have Riley and my wife doing the, uh, helping with kids today. We've had some of you guys volunteer and help with that. Um, throughout the summer, we're actually going to try to hire um, two college students. We didn't have two before, but we're going to uh, have two new ones that should be here this Sunday, next Sunday at the Bloodstone uh, throughout the summer. We'd like to not pull you guys out of it. The important kind of foundational time we have right now um, throughout the summer and so we're going to try to have that be staffed that way beginning in the fall though we'll have someone overseeing that and we still have like all hands on deck people will try to be serving that but at this point at this stage of the game we'd like you guys to still be in this because it's you know valuable stuff we're all talking through um so questions you said the groups will start this week and then they uh we're actually going to meet this week to finalize that. So we're meeting on Tuesday, I think, um, to finalize that. Um, and so I'm hoping that the following week will start. Any other questions? Arabic coffee or Colombian? <laughs> um, I prefer lighter roast. Oh, yeah. We need a little James for sure. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Um, <coughs> Will you pray for us? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we can have together, Lord, to gather in your name, uh, Lord, to uh, seek guidance from you, uh, Lord, to, to lean into you for wisdom. Lord, we thank you. Uh, we thank you for uh, calling each and every person uh, here to this to this place, uh, Lord, for, for the work that you've done, uh, Lord, in each of our lives. So, Lord, we thank you for the fact that uh, each, each story of our salvation is a story of a miracle. Uh, and so, Lord, I pray that uh, I pray that we would take joy in the fact that uh, that Lord, you have that you that that you have loved us uh, so much. Uh, and so, Lord, I, and, and Lord, I pray that 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 joy would ever propel us outward, uh, Lord, that we would be eager to see 
uh, eager to see your work in, in other people's lives. Um, Lord, I, 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 I thank you. Uh, Lord, I, th- I thank you for every, for every, for every person here uh, Lord, that you have, that you have pricked, that you have pricked hearts and consciences, um, and Lord, that you, that you continue to do that work uh, day by day. Uh, Lord, equip us to be, uh, equip us, equip, equip, equip us to get on the train of your salvation. Lord, continue by your Spirit to shape us in, into the image of your Son. Um, and and Lord, continue to equip us to not only love love the Lord our God with our with, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, but also Lord to love our neighbors as ourselves. Lord, we we love you, we praise you, and we pray these things in the name of your Son and by the power of your Spirit. Amen. Amen. I would ask if you are a woman who really wants to be a part of a small group to meet Shirley and I over in this corner because we're going to try to see what's a good time. Yeah, and this is our kind of so. Okay. All right. Shirley gets yes, to stay in her seat. All right, guys. So uh, <laughs> you're a guy in your group. You guys don't resist this question. I'm not too late on that. Okay. I'm not going to shake your hand because I am.
tentatively. Like okay, so I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll send out. That's uh, what we're going to figure out on Tuesday, right? So, right. so Monday, they, Monday, they, they, the Bible, sorry. Or no, or I'll I'll where? I really don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know, y'all. We'll definitely incorporate that. I want to just go and see Don't worry.